0: listening to Learn the Bible in a Year, presented by Bibles for the World. Now you can learn and understand the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Sign up today to receive one month free of Learn the Bible in a Year, short, practical lessons designed to help you understand God's Word. You'll get the first month of lessons free when you visit biblesfortheworld.org slash book. That's biblesfortheworld.org slash book. We at WTRJ The Truth are happy to tell you about our new shout out feature on The Truth smartphone app. Now you can encourage others on the air with short testimonies on how this radio station has impacted your life. Maybe a program you heard helped to turn your marriage around, offered some insight on being a better parent, or taught you principles that revolutionized your prayer life. What I like most about uh, Dr. David Jeremiah is how he takes Scripture and applies it. The message was about outreaching and how we should be bold and strong about sharing our faith. First, download the Truth app to your phone, the App Store if you have an iPhone, the Google Play Store if you have an Android. Then open the app and tap the small microphone at the bottom and tell us how this radio ministry has touched your life. Over the next few days, you might hear yourself on the radio, so... Be sure to have your friends at church listen. And thanks for sharing your story and shouting us out on WTRJ The Truth. WTRJ Orange Park,
1: Jacksonville. WAYL St. Augustine. WATY Folkestone, Georgia. Online. At when you
0: hear the word Marvel, what do you think? It goes way back beyond superheroes and comic books. True Commentary with Stu Emerson, author of the book, First Words of Jesus. Mark chapter 5, verse 20. A man has been set free. A man who was an ancient Frankenstein, terrorizing people. They couldn't contain him with chains. They couldn't medicate him. They couldn't stop him. He was demon-possessed. And Jesus showed up. And he cast that legion of demons out of this man. And he transformed his life. And it says this man went and told everybody about what Christ had done for him and it says they all marveled at him. Why? Because Christ had changed his life. When's the last time someone marveled at the mighty work of the resurrected Lord in your life, at the grace that flows through you, and the forgiveness you show to others because of His mighty grace and because of His redeeming power? Hey, that causes people to marvel. And that, my friends, is marvelous. True cool Commentary with Stu Emerson, author of the book, First Words of Jesus. Available now in bookstores or go online to firstwordsofjesus.com. Mission sequence five, Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running,
2: commit liftoff.
3: Hey! Hey! Welcome to. Can, uh, yeah, I can hear ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, uh, you got your uh, is your thing turned up? Yeah. Well, there yeah, we go. There we go. There we all go. Right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, AJ. Isn't it weird how you just we don't feel like we're talking if we know, can't hear ourselves right? in our headsets? <clears throat>
1: um this is why we probably shouldn't do this on video right yes
3: we're like oh my goodness <laughs> it's
1: bad enough when it's just our voices um hey welcome to SWAT radio Brad and Doug here in the studio coming to you live from Jacksonville Florida it is Wednesday I I, I think half the broadcast
3: yesterday Doug I said Monday <laughs> yeah you were, you were thinking well because we had Monday off President's and Day so. exactly yeah and uh and it was kind of weird to think uh, that that always throws me too. I don't know why Friday off doesn't throw me near as much as Monday off.
1: It will for sure.
3: But it made the week a little shorter. <clears throat>
1: and uh as such we 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 only got two days in the text that we are in uh this week. And yes. uh hopefully you've been uh tuned in this week at least yesterday yes. and today. We're glad you're you're joining us uh, as always. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. If this is new to your radio dial, we're glad you've uh, come across us. We are a live men's Bible study um, that was going on. Doug was teaching for years, and then it uh, came to the airways. In 2017? Hard to believe we've been doing this that long, and you hadn't fired me yet. So, (laughs) Well, we are going to be—we exposit the Word of God together. And then we discuss the word of God. And uh, SWAT, as I mentioned, stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, we don't just advance truth in the sense that, that it gets into our head; it needs to get into our hands and feet. And uh, so we talk about that. And uh, boy, we, I, <clears throat> I, as I mentioned yesterday, I was not in for the study last week, so I'm coming to this, Doug, as as a
3: student just uh soaking it in well, so. <laughs> and, well i'm i'm gonna be excited we can get into it but i have to tell you a couple of things i saw uh in the the news in the last couple of days that really were i don't know I, it just really took me so this guy over in india um was in a zoo he was on a zoo thing going around to in the zoo and decided to take a selfie with a lion <laughs> so he the lion was so docile inside the enclosure that the man decided that he would just go inside the enclosure and take a selfie with the lion actually there. And the lion killed the guy. He mauled him to death. Like as soon as that guy got in the enclosure, the lion was no more Mr. Sleepy. He Mm. was like, I got food and I'm eating. And I mean, just think about that for a second. This guy thought that he could go into an enclosure with a wild <laughs> lion. I mean, he's not thinking he's wild cause he's behind a cage, right? Hey, there's a great biblical illustration. That, there, there, right? that, there's gotta be. I, I feel it
1: coming. Doug. Well, well, man, bring it down, land that plane. <laughs> the,
3: but, but the guy was so consumed with having his picture made with a lion. He didn't consider that it could end his life. And it did. in just a matter of, moments brad i mean stop and think about that for a second um it, there was another uh, uh situation out in utah where a teenager an older teenager was taking a selfie and got out on the edge of a cliff mm. and the cliff just gave way because it, it wasn't that firm it was right. not when you when you see these signs that say don't go off the path or be careful of going off the path You need to pay attention to those things because he plunged to his death. Mm -hmm. Taking a picture with a scenic view. I wonder if you just over the last four years kind of researched how many people have died taking selfies. It would probably astound you at the number. I mean, I mean, could you ever imagine some guy jumping in to take a picture with a lion?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I had not heard that story. <clears throat> Obviously I have heard stories where people were taking selfies on the edge of a cliff and falling off and uh, you know sad. Um, we, what does that say about us as a culture? <clears throat> yes, as a society? We, we are I don't know if it was HB. Charles. I'm not sure who said it. somebody talked about being a selfie generation oh man it, we are just and the whole language of
3: selfie <laughs> yeah it, well that we we are there and you know when you think about the preoccupation with our um uh, the pre preoccupation of um of uh of of being in a picture with something in the background. Like we've always, since photography happened, we we, we like photos, right? Sure. But but we, with the phone, now you can be an internet celebrity. Everybody's looking to get the hits, to get the viral uh, things uh, on that. Um, uh, anyway, uh, um, so anyway, uh, I... <laughs> I I just, I I saw that and I was kind of taken back by it. And then another thing is, I don't know if you know, Greece is now the first country to openly defy the Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, to legalize same-sex marriage as a country. And they're just saying, no, we're not going to do it. Um, And, you know, this game that the LGBTQ uh, are continuing to play they're, they're, they're not just content to be able to do. They are trying to push in and invade church space, uh, religious space, uh, people who say this isn't right space and say, no, it is. We're going to make it right. Hmm. It, you have to agree that it's right or you're a bigot. If you don't agree, it's not that you have the freedom to believe this if you want. Right. It's you have to affirm that what I'm doing is right, and they're they're pushing that hard. Yeah. So.
1: <clears throat> well, that's uh, yeah. that's the culture for today, and you even kind of brought that to light, even in reference to what we'll be kind of diving into next week. Is what are we willing to compromise mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel, or or, or what? What have we so watered down? I always enjoy, you and I talk a lot about the, the conversations that happen post-SWAT post Bible studies you know, with folks. You and I were sitting out by the cars and talking about how we, we have so discounted the power of the gospel. We feel some desperate need to bring in cultural relevance mm-hmm. into the church as if the gospel is not powerful in itself. Yeah. no, I need to bring in this so that it will kind of water down or it will attract people. The gospel, as we know, is a stumbling block.
3: Jesus mm-hmm. is a stumbling block. He is. And we and you know one of the things we we talked about today that we'll get into next week is we have to speak out against error. Mm-hmm. When people misrepresent the Bible, and we have to address it. And one of the areas that we are getting enormous pushback within our church culture today is this whole idea of gender uh, ideology. Uh, the idea that, well, we have to use the pronouns they want us. And I shared uh, today about yeah. a, a situation at a church yeah. where the first thing out of the person's mouth the, <clears throat> that, that was supposed to be, quote, the pastor uh, is these are my personal pronouns, which is pretty much just caving into that ideology, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I wanted to bring this up yesterday and I f- forgot to mention it. What, what did your what you obviously saw where the uh, Alabama Supreme Court ruled that frozen human embryos are children? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. In fact, uh, Dr. Moeller brought that out yesterday. Uh, th- that's, that's positive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that the court is actually doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, and he, he talked a lot about the culture of death, that babies have become commodities, you know, and, uh, what a dangerous road that is to go
3: down, you know? And, and well, we, you know, whether it's talking about abortion or gender ideology, um, I was talking to a guy this morning after the study who said, well, you know, if you take a stand on truth in your workplace, you may lose your job. And that's I right. Said that's true. <clears throat> yep. That's true. But what's the alternative? I mean, compromise. Yeah, to compromise. Or if you lose your job, are you um, are, are you saying that God can't take care of you another way? Do you really believe hmm. that God is who He said He is? Uh, there's been many times throughout history where people have had to hold to their convictions, their biblical convictions, and it's cost them their lives. And so I I just told him, like, because we were were talking specifically about the whole male, female, we, the, you know, that whole thing. And if God said male, female, then to affirm anything else is to affirm something that's not true. Uh, it's affirming an, an ideology of somebody saying, well, I, I prefer to be called this, even though God made me this. And, and we, we as believers can't affirm that. Um, it, it's not loving to affirm that. Contrary to what some people are saying, it's not, uh, it's not a lack of compassion to tell somebody um, in a loving way, I can't. I can't affirm that yeah. because of my belief in the Bible, and the Bible is God's word. Well, that's hateful, you know. And you get going, mm-hmm. thinking this back and forth, and so um, that His Word doesn't change. Uh, the culture's been around for uh, what we've been walking the earth uh, six thousand years, eight thousand years. Young Earth, uh, if you're a Young Earther. Uh, but the bottom line is only in America are we legislating or trying to legalize calling a he or she or she, or he. I mean, it's really crazy when you stop and think. Well, about you were
1: talking it. earlier. We'll take a break here in just a minute. We've been doing this for seven years. It seems like, do you remember, I think the first couple of months you and I were on the air, we were talking about the HRO here in Jacksonville, uh, Human rights ordinances. I think that's what it stands for. And I remember you and I talking about, you know, and this had to do with uh, bathrooms. Oh, yeah. You know, men could go into women's bathrooms, whatever. And I just said, you know, where does it end? I mean, as long as we continue to go down this road, there is no truth. There is no absolute truth. And there's there's just nothing to stop that—that that is
3: a snowball uh, rolling downhill. Well, Lori showed me a thing the other day of a male basketball player who was preferring to be a female that body slammed another player trying to get the ball <laughs> and injured three players on the women's team that they were playing. So he
1: identifies as a woman. He but and he's
3: playing basketball, with, high school basketball, oh with word. against women. <coughs> injured three women on the team and the coach for the other team forfeited said i we're not i'm not going to injure any more of my players maybe
1: i'll maybe i'm going to reveal a little bit of my flesh here Where are the men? (laughs) Where are the fathers stepping up? That's what Lori
3: said. Where are these dads, man? Like, you think I'm going to sit my, well, let my girls get just body slammed by a guy? Oh, my
1: word. I mean, I'd been on the floor. (laughs) Maybe you're with me. Call me. 844-777-7928. 844-777-SWAT. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to send us an email, send that to ask at swatradio.com, A-S-K at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT radio pass on the truth for the next generation. the Florida-Georgia Truth Network and Oceanway at 91.7. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I push, I
0: pull, go back and forth finding myself pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help but I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without Hey, welcome
1: back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug in studio today, uh, Wednesday, February 21st. It is Wednesday. Glad you have tuned in. If you want to call this afternoon, lines are going to be open at 844-777-7928. We are working through the Gospel of Mark, and uh, we are in Chapter 3, looking at verses 21 through 35. And, uh, Doug, I'm going to hand that off to you. I think... um, Yesterday we were talking about uh, God revealing three responses to Jesus in this text: those that believe He is uh, He is deranged, mm-hmm. uh, those that believe He is demonic, and those that believe He is divine. And I, I know some of that came from C.S. Lewis's book *Mere Christianity*. Which, if you haven't read that, that's one of the—I don't know, Doug. If you had ten books you had to recommend, uh, that may be one of them. Yes, that may that may hit the list.
3: Well, i <clears throat> i I read that book. Gosh, thirty years ago, and was so impacted by it. And uh, that particular statement, "He's Lord liar lunatic," because you run across a lot of people that uh, would say, "Well, I don't believe he was God, but I believe he was a good guy. He was a good mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. He was a moral man," <clears throat> and. Lewis contends that God took that option away from us you can't yeah. say you you either have to say he's crazy he is who he said he was or he's evil he's yeah. a liar yeah and so um when you uh look at those uh those different components I just I, I kind of I like my my it you know alliterations <laughs> and you know, lord yeah uh bad like uh, I said derange demonic or uh, he's uh, divine and those are the options he leaves and it's the same thing that uh, Lewis said and we looked yesterday at his family coming in to basically do an intervention on him and today we're, we're going to look at the text specific to the Pharisees or the religious leaders and what they said and it was, it was enlightening because I learned about things. You know, we read things in the Bible a lot of times. We'll read names or we'll read places, and we don't bother researching them. We'll just blow over them mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's referencing Satan or that's referencing this place generally. And so there's a term in this text today, Beelzebul, which in the Bible there's uh Baal Zebub in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you see Biel And we're going to learn what that means as we look at the text, but I'm going to have you read uh verses 22 through 30, um, and then uh, actually 34 and 35. So 20 22 through 30 and then 34 and 35. And then we're going to look at the the demonic aspect, those people mm-hmm. that believe he's demonic yeah. and then those that believe he's divine. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> So Mark chapter 3,
1: verse 22, and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand but is guilty of an eternal sin for they were saying he is an un, he has an unclean spirit now verse 34 and looking about at those who sat around him he said here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of god he is my brother and
3: sister and mother these are the words of God that Brad just read. And if you look at verse 22, it says the scribes from Jerusalem. These are the heavyweights coming in from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where the, uh, the religious elites kind of hung out. And so they come to check Jesus out. And it says they were saying as in, this is, they've already come to this conclusion. He is possessed by Beelzebul. I was intrigued. Who is Beelzebul? Where does that name come from? What does it mean? And it says uh, he cast out the demons because he's possessed by the prince of demons. Well, who's the prince of demons? We know it is Satan, right? Uh, and if you go back to the Old Testament in the book of Kings, Second Kings specifically, Uh, chapter 1, verse 2, you read about a city named Ekron, E-K-R-O-N. It was a Philistine city, and they worshipped a Philistine god there named Baal-Zabub, B-A-A-L, and then Z-E-B-U-B. This was one of their pagan gods that they worshipped. And what happened in the New Testament time period is the Jewish uh, religious leaders corrupted the name of Baal Beelzebub into Beelzebul. And um, the, the name of Beelzebub is, it means master of the high place or the high places. And uh, Beelzebul, the corrupted name, they changed it to means Lord of the Flies, or Lord of the Dung or the the poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in other words, it, it represents the God of filth, yeah. of excrement. <laughs> that was the name, and it was used as another name for Satan. So that's what they were saying. Well, Jesus is sitting there as they're saying this, and he called them to him. And and I love this because remember when you were growing up. And you were trying to assert yourself, or, or or you said something that was just really off base, and your dad goes, "Come here, boy." You know, did your
1: dad ever say that? Come <laughs> that's, here. Come that's here. the exact yeah, image. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that I have. Uh, <laughs> He's come uh, here, boy. Exactly. Come on, come on over here, yeah, boy. I had to do that yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah.
3: And and so come over here and let me let me set you straight, right? right? And so Jesus called them to Him. He was unintimidated by their slander and what they were doing. And so he it says he called them and he began to say to them in parables. Now, parables it means to come alongside. It's like a basket handle for truth. And it helps the the rabbis, I think there were something like 3000 parables that the rabbis told over time like Hillel and shaman those rabbis. And and so Jesus used parables and and Jesus says this he goes how can satan cast out satan um a kingdom divided cannot stand a house divided cannot stand satan divided cannot stand he's done and he goes i've been yeah, i've been casting out demons why would satan cast out his own servants why would he do that that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense and by the way i think it was lincoln that said a house divided can't stand referring to the civil war time period you know the north and south and so in verse 21 or 27 he says no one can enter the strong man's house and by the way the strong man is satan he goes unless he is stronger so he's making an assertion again that he is divine because he's stronger than satan and in verse 28 he says all sins will be forgiven a man who even when he blasphemes uh, and by the way to blaspheme this is like belzebub a little bit to to blaspheme I, I never really knew what that meant growing up i heard it you know in the middle east they will still kill you for blaspheming um, allah over there hmm. and so to blaspheme is to speak with contempt to verbally attack or desecrate God's name, his character, his work, or his attributes. And so Jesus says, all sin will be forgiven of man except the one who blasphemes the Holy Spirit. And in fact, over in Leviticus 24, there was a man who blasphemed the name of God, and he uh, was stoned right there because there's no sacrifice for Mm -hmm. blasphemy. So he says, whoever, in verse 29, blasphemes the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. He's guilty of an eternal sin. You know, when I read that the first time as a young guy, I that was terrifying yeah, to me. Like yeah. to think there's a sin. Have I done that? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, well, the very fact that I cared about it probably meant I hadn't done it. You know, because people that don't care the ones that probably well i think it's
1: not i want to make sure we get through the text today but when i think of uh, blaspheming the holy spirit where it's a rejection of the conviction that the holy spirit brings upon us
3: it is but what he's saying here to them you are looking at the messiah in the flesh who has come yeah and all the revelation of isaiah the prophets. the scriptures, you know, and now you're seeing me fulfill those revelations and you are saying it's from Satan. So there's no hope for you. Yeah. So basically the, uh, the leaders of Israel committed a national sin here by attributing God's work to Satan. So if that, if that's the conclusion you come to after seeing what you've seen, cause they never denied his miracles, So there were only two options. It's either from God or from Satan, right? Mm -hmm. And so Romans 11 talks about a partial hardening that takes place. But over in Matthew 21, Jesus says the kingdom will be taken away and given to a people producing its fruit. And those people are the church. It was the Gentiles. And so Israel was temporarily replaced by the church to be the harbinger, the messenger, the one who would bring the message of the evangelion, and even Paul says in First Timothy, he says, "I was a blasphemer, uh, I was a persecutor, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly." And so, um, it, it's not somebody ask you, "Oh, can you can you um, be guilty of blasphemy today?" Uh, that he's talking about here. Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that at the end of your life, after having all the evidence, the, the, the word of God, you've heard it preached, you clearly understand it, but you reject it. Yes, yes. You, you, you've rejected Correct. it. Correct. But specifically what they were doing is they were seeing God in the flesh do miracles to authenticate he was Messiah And they're saying, nope, that's from Satan. That ain't from God.
1: Yeah, it's not just that they rejected Christ. They actually replaced Christ with Satan. Yeah, they were saying it was satanic. Yeah, crazy. Hey, glad you're tuned in. We're going to take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. If you want to call this afternoon, 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at ask at SWATRadio.com. Hope you'll stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break.
2: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Video surfaces purportedly showing illegal immigrants attacking NYPD officers again this time at taxpayer-funded Randall Island Shelter.
3: The
1: confrontation between NYPD officers and illegal immigrants at the shelter in New York City last week resulted in one man being arrested and escorted off the premises. The event was just the latest in a string of violent incidents in recent weeks involving illegal immigrants in New York City. The violent incidents have prompted New York's Democrat governor, Kathy Hochul, to call for deportations for the first time. Edwin Mora.
2: Washington. Also at SRNNews.com, Christians need to be actively engaged in the 2024 vote for President of the United States. That's the view of the American Family Association Vice President Walker Wildman. He's among the thousands of Christian leaders attending the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Nashville this week. And Wildman spoke with Lori Trotup of SRN News.
1: Christians ought to vote. People ought to vote. Sitting at home isn't an option. If it comes down to two candidates, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, of course, Christians need to vote for the candidate that reflects their values to the best of their ability. But also, I think there's some onus on President Trump to court evangelicals and to, and to kind of rein in this, you know, freestyle approach to politics and this brashness.
2: If he wants to take Walker Waldman's advice, Donald Trump will have an opportunity to court evangelicals when. He addresses NRB delegates tomorrow in Nashville. Stocks are lower on Wall Street as weakness in technology companies continues to drag on the market. The Dow is losing 49 points. The Nasdaq is off 118. This is SRN News.
0: Here's a minute to inspire
3: fresh hope in your busy day.
1: Have you ever unknowingly walked the wrong way? Then, once you realized it, you wished someone had cared enough to stop you, to confront you. You needed to be put on a correction course. Well, at times, we all need to be confronted with the truth,
0: an act that can actually result in conviction, correction, and a change of direction. But we need to remember that there are two important attitudes for confrontation. Confrontation should be done wisely,
1: and confrontation should be heeded wisely. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, "The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice."
0: This
3: Hope Minute was brought to you by Hope for the Heart. To learn more, go to hopeminute.org. <sighs> There's major delays on the East Beltway because of a crash on 295 northbound before Beach Boulevard blocking all those northbound lanes. Also, there's emergency vehicles in the opposite direction on 295 southbound before Beach Boulevard blocking the left lane. Mostly clear tonight, low 44. Thursday, sunny. High 74. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ.
1: Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Wednesday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. Call us at 844 777 as we continue to unpack Mark chapter 3. We are looking at verses 21 through 35. You know, Doug, I've had people ask me, y'all do this five days a week? Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, really, we do three days a week where we exposit, and then one day we have a guest and uh in fact, I'll have a guest in studio tomorrow. Julie Lowe and Doug uh, I mean Jeff Dalrymple will be not in studio, so they're gonna be calling in and then Friday, David and I typically will take the text you've been teaching through, and we'll really just kind of talk about it from a from the standpoint that how do we apply this these these truths but mm-hmm. here's the thing Doug three days in a row, we get into this text, yeah and i think it is so rich mm-hmm. you know we, we often say you know can you can you plumb the the depths of god's word mm-hmm. that's why i love to study i love to i'm as you know i'm teaching through acts again at our downtown study and we just went through it we just spent almost 3 years in acts yes. and i'm so hungry to get back
3: into it again it's such a good study it's really good uh, what god used luke to bring us um you know, Brad, when you think about this idea of blasphemy, um, w- were you ever concerned about it growing up? Did it ever enter your mind? Did, did you bother to really explore it, or did you just kind of write it off because you go, I'm not going to do that? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's pretty much me, and I didn't come to Christ till I was <clears throat> a senior in high school. Um, and I was fortunate to have been discipled, but I don't recall ever doing a deep dive into this idea of blasphemy
3: well here here's here's the um the the bottom line you know so people will ask, can we commit the sin of blasphemy today? What was going on here is it wasn't just that they go, okay, Satan caused you to do that it was it was a Deep commitment and in a very, very determined uh, refusal to acknowledge that Jesus was Messiah and the Holy Spirit enabled him to do these miracles. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. It, It was, they saw all this evidence, all these miracles, all these things taking place and they were blaspheming against God who empowered him at that point to do it. Cause remember he purposely put his powers aside and he made the claim he was Messiah. He was God. And, and they just, it, it was a determined continuing rejection of Jesus as Messiah and, um, he was there, incarnate. I mean, and they, they he was doing the miracles. And so today, when people today reject Jesus, most people, uh, well, in fact, no one today sees Jesus physically doing a miracle. Mm-hmm. It, most people today, what they say is, well, I just don't believe that really happened. They're not seeing it and continue to reject it even though they know the scripture says it's going to happen. Now mm-hmm. they're seeing it happen. It's just... I don't even believe the Bible. Yeah, The Jewish people, these people believed a Messiah was coming. And they believed that God had promised that Messiah. And then when they saw Messiah, they said, well, this ain't him because this is just satanic stuff doing this. Yeah. That was the sin of blasphemy.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> we talked about this on the break even. just When I look at the, the kind of the definition of blaspheme, it is to speak with contempt about God. Or verbally attack or desecrate God's name, God's character, God's work, or God's attributes. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, in First Timothy one thirteen, Paul says, Though formerly I was a blasphemer. Mm-hmm. When we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that's the that's the, the sin unto death. That's eternal separation. Yeah. Is the rejection of of, I mean, can you kind of maybe let that blossom a bit?
3: Yeah, listen. When when a, when a person has become so hard, so calloused that th- they're just gonna disregard the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and and what's right in front of them, the Holy Spirit doing this work, uh, then that person has. Uh, now chosen to allow themselves to be led to hell. I mean, they've yeah. they rejected <clears> the the opportunity because they're just refusing to acknowledge. So it's not a one-time rejection. Um, it's it's, a it's an ongoing yes. rejection. Yeah, it's not. It's not like well, he's doing that from Satan. Well, I'm I'm thinking about it and I uh, changed my mind. Right, like okay. Paul, like yep. we talked about Paul. Right, because um, I think that's
1: where not confusion but maybe questions arise mm-hmm. have i done that well the, well the... if you've if you've surrendered your life to Christ if you recognized him as lord and savior you have not blasphemed the holy spirit you may have at one time but you've come around that's right god has called you
3: yeah the 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 unbelieving jews who had heard jesus teach seen the miracles and then disregard it and say you know what that's not from yahweh mm-hmm. that's from satan yeah. that that right there is the definition of blasphemy mm-hmm. of the holy spirit that's what jesus said uh you know over in hebrews uh chapter four there is a uh there's a text that we covered when we worked through the book of Hebrews that says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Uh, After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard that is, the apostles, God also bearing witness with them both by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, according to his own will. And um, I'm sorry, that was Hebrews 2. Then in Hebrews 6, uh, it also discusses, and it says this, in the case of those who have once been enlightened, have tasted of the heavenly gift, they've been made partakers of the Spirit, and have tasted the good work of God and the powers to come, and then fallen away, it's impossible to renew them again to repentance. Again, once you have all the information, and your final Say on it is that this is not from God. There's no hope. That's why there's eternal rejection. <laughs> is because you are saying I don't believe, and anything that you're telling me about Jesus uh, that was from God, I'm saying is irrelevant to me. I don't care. Yeah. And 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 real quick, just to touch on a couple of things in that passage in Hebrews, when it says those who have tasted of the heavenly gift, they've been been made partakers of the Holy Spirit. That language particularly is not used anywhere in Scripture to talk about believers. Yeah. <clears throat> so these are people who have been enlightened maybe. Maybe they, they've they seen the works they, of the yeah, Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, they've seen the work, and they may have had some kind of surface response, almost like the sower of the soil on rocky ground maybe or on thorny soil. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's some it, it's just again, this is not something most people today are going to do. Most people today just say, "I don't believe." Yeah. I don't believe they don't attribute the works of Jesus to Satan; no, they just don't believe. I don't yeah. believe in that. Yeah. yeah. So that that was a very specific sin, but he makes the uh, he makes the statement in the text we read that. This is unforgivable that that if you come to this place, you reject his um, miracles as being authenticated. And you say he's from uh, Satan. Then now you have rejected him and you have uh, made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it, so to speak. So well, there's no hope for you. You are without excuse. Yes. Right? That's what he says. Uh, and, and, and he even clarifies in verse 30 For they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Now just stop on just the surface of that alone. They were saying Jesus has a demon in him. (laughs) They were saying he's possessed by a demon, not by God. And that is blasphemous. That is blasphemy. That's exactly what it means. So uh, hopefully now. We understand that uh, and uh, we we've got that down, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and like you said, Paul says in First Timothy one, though formerly I was a blasphemer persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy. even Jesus brothers, we talked about them yesterday, they didn't believe, but they ultimately came to belief. At the, the day of mm-hmm. Pentecost, yeah. So. Well,
1: we're going to take a quick break in a second. We'll come back, but we're looking at these three responses. Uh, one is those that believe he is deranged, kind of a, a as uh, C.S. Lewis, Lewis would say, a lunatic. Those that believe he is a he is demonic, a liar. And then when we come back from the break. We're going to look at those that believe he is divine. He is the Lord. So. Hope you'll stay tuned. If you want to call, 844-777-7928 is the number. You can also email us at, at SWATRADIO.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife, Vicki, are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group, They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards, 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at GuardianGroupJax.com. That's GuardianGroupJax.com. The Guardian Group, happy to bring you SWAT radio on the truth. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, serving San Marco at 91.7.
1: Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house
3: tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos of those people.
1: Go- hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug and Brad here for the last segment of our study here in Mark 3, verse 21 through 35, where God reveals three responses to Jesus. Those, number one, that believe he is deranged, those that believe he is demonic. And then we're going to look here at this last section
3: here in verse 34 and 35, those that believe he is divine. Hey, but before we we go into the divine part, verse 34 and 35, I do want to make this statement. There are false teachers out there who attribute it all kind of wacky stuff to the Holy spirit. And they're, you know, the, the, things like the New Apostolic Reformation, the, um, the, the charismatic kind of stuff that's out there. Um, you know, they they claim to be doing miracle signs, wonders, visions, dreams, and all that stuff. Uh, and things that, um, I don't know if you've heard of the Kansas City prophets, mm-hmm. those people, um, Cindy Jacobs and Lou Engel, Peter Wagner, some of those people. And um, they would say that if you look at what they're doing and you question that and you say they're not doing that with the authority of God, you're quenching the spirit or you're blaspheming the spirit. People have actually said that. And so um, that's not what it means either. I mean, uh, some of these people um, that uh, are doing some of these things, Um, say they're apostles in terms of the same apostolic power that Peter, James, and John had, which they're not, and Paul had. Um, And, you know, when you see what they're doing and you hear what they're teaching, uh, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that um, God is going to put his stamp of approval on false teaching when people are teaching error um the holy spirit just is not going to do that and by the way the holy spirit's role is not to glorify himself the holy spirit doesn't do that the holy spirit points to jesus and um anyway uh there's a lot of emotionalism in that and again um there's um these people um do all kinds of bizarre things. You know, I don't know. Have you heard of Holy spirit laughter? Oh yeah. yeah and and oh, yeah. Uh, Holy spirit barking yeah. people. I mean, there's really, really bizarre stuff that uh, people say. And if you talk about that today, modern, the people will say, well, you're blaspheming the Holy spirit. That's not what it was. It was attributing, the miracles that Jesus did to the work of Satan and rejecting him as Messiah. That's what it was talking about there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and by so, the
1: way, if you um, if you have questions about this kind of teaching, uh, I want to direct you to Justin Peters Ministries. Yes. That's uh, J-U-S-T-I-N Peters, P-E-T-E-R-S dot org. In fact, you know, he's got a great website. He's been your guest a couple of times here
3: yeah well yeah well yeah he's he does a good job and by the way this is a guy who has spent a lot of time researching the scriptures teaching at churches on this and it is a good website and a a good place for you to go but I remember I'll never forget uh, John MacArthur one time said Benny Hinn when John MacArthur was teaching against the false teaching they were putting out Benny Hinn said, "If I had my way, I'd take the Holy Ghost machine gun, and I'd blow his brains <clears> out. <throat> that's what I, that's <laughs> what Benny did, because you're not allowed to question anything there. Um, and you know what they did was they took the Holy Spirit, and they they just kind of used it as a golden calf. Yeah. You know, to go yeah. to what I was talking yeah. about earlier. And
1: well, we'll probably bring some of that out even next week. As yeah. we get into what you were teaching today is that." You know, maybe we can even get into the the fact what what, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, uh, to convict, to regenerate, to dwell, to baptize in the body of Christ, to seal, yes, and fill us with the fullness of Christ.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 good to be reminded, you know. And um, have have you ever read? Um, I think it's Abraham Kuyper's book on the Holy Spirit. I think I have. Um, I think it's spelled K U Y P E R or K U P E R. Uh but it I've I've read portions I've not read the whole thing. It's a pretty long read. Um but it, what I read was really uh good uh that he was dealing with that. Uh and so um you know, he he was trying to bring out Things that is in Scripture, but things we don't talk about. You know, mm-hmm. like I can remember growing up, I heard the Holy Ghost term, right? Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that? Oh, you, yeah. You heard the Holy <laughs> Ghost, mm-hmm. um, and then they changed it to Holy Spirit. But I, I never really heard a lot of teaching on it, I, I think, because people were fearful of that if you started talking about it, things might break really charismatic Mm -hmm. on you. And so what we have a lot of times is these pendulum switch, uh, uh, these pendulum swings, actually is what I should Mm say. Pendulum swings, um, to uh, the right of saying there is no work of the Holy spirit. And then you have some to the left of saying it's all the spirit. The focus is on the spirit. Um, so Abraham Kuyper, K-U-Y-P-E-R, uh, his book on the Holy Spirit was a good one uh, to read and to be able to uh, get some insight. Uh, another uh, good uh, place to look is uh, Wayne Grudem's book on systematic theology. He talks about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so getting back to the text, you know, verse 34 it says, and looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. And just let that sink in for a second. What Jesus is saying, if you're around him, you're sitting around him, you're his family. Yeah. You're his family. And we know that. And he said, Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. He's saying that's the defining. Uh, element the defining thing about your relationship with jesus as compared to your relationship with your family it's not um, because of your nationality uh, but it is because of him living in you because to do the will of god you've got to have the spirit of god in you right Mm -hmm. and so to do the will of God, you need the spirit of God in you to be doing that. will, and you are part of his family and he elevates those people. And remember it said his family was outside. They were standing outside, but who are those who are in his family? Those who were inside sitting with him. And, and we talked a little bit about that the other day. So, so as we think about kind of wrapping this all up, we have to ask ourselves, thinking about the Lord, liar, lunatic, or the deranged, um, you know, demonic or, or a divine, it doesn't matter which word you want to use. What do I believe about him? I mean, and not what do I ideally believe, but what do I really believe? Because our belief is shown in our
1: actions. I was going to say, <clears throat> we use that term believe. Uh, the belief has to come out. Has to be demonstrated. Has to be made manifest yes. in our life. If I say I believe something, it should be evident in
3: how I live life. That, well, right? it, well, it will be evidence, right? That's what a, you that's really believe, right. you yeah, know, yeah. What we really believe. You can say you believe something all day long, mm-hmm. but what plays out in our life is what we really believe. So, how is what I believe affecting my life? Second, and this is pretty convicting, Brad am I sitting at Jesus side or am I outside away from him because he embarrasses me? (laughs) Maybe people might think I'm crazy because he's crazy. Uh, I am. I am. I keeping him at a distance because I, I don't really want to be associated with him. He needs to come to me. I'm not going in there. He needs to come to me. And so, that's a question we can wrestle through. And then, third, and the third reflection takeaway for me came out of the Matthew section. It's the same parallel passage over in Matthew. And he makes, Matthew makes this statement in Matthew 12. If you flip over to Matthew 12, verse 30, um, when Matthew's telling the same story, just a different perspective on it, he says, um, Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. And when you think about it from that perspective, two things. One, our primary responsibility as as followers of Jesus Christ is to follow him, right? So if we're supposed to follow him and we're stationary, Is Jesus stopping or is he continuing on?